Welcome to the Save by Mother Earth podcast, where we talk about self-connection through spirituality and nature immersion. I'm your host, Heather Webster, and I'm so excited to have you here today. Before we get started into the interview with Angela, I want to share a few opportunities that I offer on a weekly basis. On Tuesdays, I offer a women's circle in the Facebook group where we talk about intuition and insight. On Friday mornings, every Friday morning, I will join you outside for Nature Oracle on Instagram. Feel free to come over to either of those platforms and join in with either or both of those opportunities. I will now turn it over to an amazing interview with Angela where she will share about her own connection to nature and spirituality and how that plays a role in how she works through the day and also the work that she does with others. Well, welcome, Angela, to the Save by Mother Earth podcast. How are you doing today? I am well. Thank you very much. Oh, wonderful. It's so great to have you here today and share all your expertise. You have so much knowledge around so many different things. And so I would love for you to share kind of a little bit about your story of how you got to where you are and how that relates to self-connection, either spiritually or through nature or both. It sounds like for you. Absolutely. Um, so you know, growing up, um, I had a mom who raised five kids, me being number four out of five. And as I like to say, I'm number four. Um, and, and, you know, I say, it's funny. I came into this world ass backwards. I say I was born breached with a collapsed lung and pneumonia and a month and a half premature. And I weighed four pounds at birth. And, um, and, and I say, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> it does. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, barely breathing and ass backwards, but anyway, and early, because uh, I'm always running, you know, uh, that way in life, and um, and I've learned how to slow down, and my grandmother was an integral part of that as well. She, uh, at a very young age, I was being raised by her as my mom was working three jobs. I would go there as a latchkey kid, as we called it, and, uh, and I often saw in her spirits in her house. So as the medium, um, you know, being raised by grandparents who were farmers, um, I was very much cultured and aware of nature and my environment around me about growing plants and, and putting the love into the preparations of foods. And, you know, they had this, they had over 200 acre farm in Nova Scotia. Um, my father's side of the family had farms in Vermont. Um, but here in Massachusetts, they had this little, you know, acre of land <laughs> and as uh, they migrated here and he still made use of that land to grow and produce you know foods and I'd snap peas with my grandmother and she'd talk to me about her spirit guide named Lottie who was in the house and I had many experiences of being aware of spirits in her house and she's like oh that's my spirit guide don't even worry about it and um, and so I really just became an innate part of my life. Now, when I was six years old, my mom had salmonella food poisoning from a local hospital cafeteria, go figure, and, um, and literally flatlined for a minute and a half. And her experience as an impressionable six-year-old to me, um, she told the story of how she saw a tunnel of light and faces of loved ones, some she knew, some she didn't, but she knew they were family. 
she emerged into this most brilliant uh, technicolor green landscape. Uh, and she said it was so alive and pulsing that it was hard to describe of light and color. And a faceless man, shrouded like Jesus, approached her. She wasn't afraid, but he had told her it was her time. And she said, absolutely not. Now, if you met my mother, you would understand that. She is one feisty woman when it comes to the you know, making sure her kids are well and cared for, you know, and then she struggled. She worked three jobs and raised us in the beginning of our life on welfare. And she got us off that. And she really persevered to the point where now, you know, she's, we are all doing very well. And, um, and so here she was arguing, you did not argue with Jesus. And she's like, I most certainly did. And she's like, it is not my time. Who's going to take care of my five babies, you know? And uh, so she said he said, hold on, disappeared and reappeared in a split second, reached his hand out to her head and said, you're right, Frida, it's not your time. And boom, she was being paddled on the ER table, being revived back to life. And uh, and so, you know, here I am, this little girl with my face up against the glass in the ICU, looking at my mom in full scrubs and boots and hats and everything that they give you, you know, and still being behind glass. It was an impressionable moment. And this is, was her experience that she shared with me about the near death. And um, so, I, you know, you remember that as a six-year-old. And um, so fast forward, I mean, as I go through life, you know, I kept having more and more of seeing spirit, feeling people's emotions, things like that. And um, so naturally, I went into childcare. Uh, as a young kid and into high school and out of high school and right out of high school, I went into elder care, became a nurse's aide. And it was always about the service of people, and caring for people. Um, but in a nanny job, a man approached me and said, you know what? He watched me massaging his one-year-old son who was colicky and, uh, and they had a four and a five-year-old as well that were girls. And he's like, you're really a natural at this. Watch me calm him down. He goes, you should go to massage school. You should, you should learn that. You should do this. Well, it kind of backfired on him because he was a lobbyist and he brought home an application for the number one school in the country. I applied and was accepted and said, gotta go. <laughs> so I went to massage school at Bancroft in Worcester, Massachusetts. And I, it was a wonderful educational experience. And when I got into the clinical end, I realized I really liked uh, working therapeutically on injuries, helping people be their best self, um, to know that they're not hopeless, to know that they can really recover from literally clients being told that there was no hope for them and um, to recover from injuries. Um, I remember a client who had frozen shoulder and she was, she had exhausted everything, uh, every holistic and, and doctor AMA approach and everybody said, no, we can't help you. And she came to me and I was like, I can help you. And I literally unstuck her frozen shoulder. And um, to this day, she remembers that. And uh, because it took that hopeless situation and made it better. And, um, and it came across the board for me because I learned Reiki, um, which is an energy healing, um, as well as the massage. And my spiritual work began to develop now. At the age of 19, right out of high school, I moved into my grandparents' home to take care of my grandmother. And I, and I started seeing full apparitions and 
while I was in there and I was hitting the deck, pulling blankets over my head saying, what do you want me to do with this God? You know? And, um, no kidding. Somebody showed up at my house that day and said, and there's this meetings fair at the greater Boston church of spiritualism in Watertown. Do you want to go? I think they're now in Arlington. And she's like, uh, I said, yeah, let's go. And that's when I got a reading from this woman. This is before I trained officially. I had an innate ability to be aware, but I didn't know what to do with it and then how to bring it into service, you know? And, um, and that's what I was really asking. What do you want me to do with this? So I ended up going to um, this new age fair and this woman to this day, if you ask anyone in that church, they don't know who she is. I sat at her chair and the friend I went with sat with somebody else and had her grandfather come through. It was a wonderful experience for her. I sat with this woman and she goes, you've got a spirit guide. His name is White Feather and he rides a painted pony and he's Native American. And I was like, are you kidding me? Seriously? Like, there, to me, there was no evidence to this. I was like, yeah, this is bogus, whatever, you know? And she's like, no, seriously, he helps mediums. You are a medium and you, mark my words, will be sitting in this chair someday doing readings just like me. And I went, yeah, okay, bye-bye. And I walked out and I said to my friend, yeah, mm, I, I got a spirit guide. He rides paints a pony. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and she's just like, what? <laughs> I had my grandfather and this, that, and the other thing for evidence. And I was like... Oh, so envy you. And I'm like, all right, well, whatever. We chalked it up and we ended up going to this uh, new age bookstore that was closing that day to their last day of closing. And we went right over there in Belmont and um, everything was gone out of the store. Same day, except wall to wall, floor to ceiling, one wall of CDs and one was sticking out. And I say it's kind of like bibliomancy. Like you open up and there's that thing for you. I beelined right to it. And I looked and it was a single, the CD sticking out had a single white feather on its album cover. And it was titled Feather on the Breath of God by Aaron Jacobson. And my jaw hit the floor. I took that as a sign. If that wasn't enough, later that night, I went to the Boston Common to park my car in the underground garage there to go to a band called Cake, who I'd never heard of. Never seen them, never heard their music, but a friend's like, hey, I got these three tickets. Let's go. I'm like, all right, let's go. I love live music. That comes into my mediumship a lot as, as words that they want to deliver through lyrics. And um, as, as I say, they use my Rolodex of understanding all the time. So music is a big part of my world. So here I am parking on the ground of the Boston Common. And at night, it is sketchy there. So I come out of the parking garage. We go into the show. We leave early because we kind of like, yeah, whatever. No disrespect to cake, but it was just like, yeah, whatever. We're ready to go. We left before the crowd and we get out to the Boston Common. I'm like, oh no, there's all these portals to the underground parking garage. And I don't know which one we came out of because in the blur of things, you know, I didn't know which one we came out of. And she goes, well, why don't you ask your spirit guide, White Feather? And I went, oh, brilliant. Okay, white, very sarcastic. And I mean no disrespect to spirit world, but man, do they they know me. <laughs> so I was like, okay, white feather. I said, I need to know. If you're real, you gotta show me where my portal is. Where do I get into my car? You know, the to the underground garage. And we're looking around and I went, oh. and the look on my face, she said she will never forget it. I said, Do you see that? 20 feet in front of me on the sidewalk was a single white feather. 
it was like 10 o'clock at night, 10, 11 o'clock at night. I go, do you see any birds, dead birds, living birds? Do you see any birds? There were no birds around us. There was one feather there. So I go, let's, let's go over there and investigate. So we go right over to that white feather, single white feather on the ground. Now what? And I look up and 20 more feet on the same side was another white feather. I said, was that there a minute ago? She goes, I didn't notice it. I go, do you see that? She goes, I do. She goes, if I wasn't with you, I would not believe you. I said, I wouldn't believe it if you weren't with me either. (laughs) So, So we walked over to that other feather and I go, now what? And I look and around the corner of the common, we could see another feather. I go, again, any other birds? anywhere no pigeons we couldn't see anything these are white pure white feathers we go around the corner we go to that one a total of four feathers two on one side two on the other side no more feathers I turn and look there's the portal and how I knew unfortunately that was my portal to the underground parking garage was there was a bag of McDonald's trash discarded there at the entryway and I had noticed that when I exited but now I could see it and I went son of a gun there it is And I was like, okay, White Feather, you got me believing, you know. I remember going to meet a girlfriend of mine at Starbucks, and now she's a girlfriend of mine. I didn't know her at the time, but she wanted to connect with me on the mediumship and the spiritual stuff. And and I was like, all right, I'm going to go meet this woman. Her name is Anne Ingard. And, um, And so she works, you know, collaboratively with me. And so I go to meet this stranger. She goes, well, I'll be sitting there. You'll find me. I walk up to her table. And a single white feather drifts from the ceiling of Starbucks. There are no birds in the building. Right down onto the table between us. We looked at each other and I go, white feather. She goes, is he your guide too? I was like, son of a gun. I was like, you can't make this shit up. I'm telling you. <laughs> like this really, to this day, that blows her away too. And I was like, oh my God. So I get signs like that all the time. So, you know, feathers mean something. And the color of the feather means something to me right. too. So um, you know, and I remember being up at Lilydale one time, which is in New York. It's um Casadega, New York. And I was out at what's called the the stump. It's the middle of the woods. This is a little village in New York that is a gated community and all the little cottages are owned by mediums. All the people who attend this place, they have common halls where you can go and get platform mediumship. So there's an audience um, with a medium up on the stage or you can go get private readings in their cottages. It's it's only open during the summer, but they can live there all year round. Uh, It's open to the public in the summer. I went there and they have outdoor seating in the woods um, with a platform that is an old ancient forest stump, right? And it's an ancient forest, like literally as far as registry of type things. So cool. Everything's labeled. You know how old they are. You know what they are. It's very cool. Um, And I went out there and had been in the middle of this mediumship event. And, um, and I, I went over to the stump afterwards by myself and I saw a feather there. Half it was white, half of it was like shadowy grayed, like darker, right? And I took a photo of the stump and the trans and the photo looks that way too. Half of it is white, half of it is shadowed, but you can see through it. You can see the stump. And, um, and a man sitting there uh, who's very much Native American 
said to me, who was visiting and he was one of the, the speakers, um, had said to me, there's a sign there for you. We live in balance with all things. You need to meditate on this. And I was like, you know, um, and I started learning about the sacred hoop. Uh, actually, I have an example of this I could show you, but the sacred hoop is a round sphere with a, with a center point, and it points through north, south, east, and west like a compass. And um, the north represents God, the south represents your soul or spirit and body, east represents your mind, generally, and west represents your body. So though east-west is the physical plane, north-south is the spiritual plane. And it's indicated spiritual plane is red, physical plane is blue. So if you notice, police officers have the blue lines that are parallel, represent the physical plane, uh, that they have to deal with mind and body. When someone has walked the good red road, they have crossed from spirit to God. Their soul has gone crossed over. Um, and I learned about the sacred hoop from this man, um, where we strive to live at the center of all things in that sacred hoop. So in balance in the physical and spiritual plane. So that was the message that I was getting. Like I'm helping people on the physical plane and the spiritual plane live in balance with all things, both the physical body work, the energy work and the spiritual work. Um, so as a result of going to the Mediums Day event at the Greater Boston Church, I ended up signing up for classes to learn how to develop this of mediumship and then later became certified both through them and the American Federation of Spiritual Churches and then brought this to my practice where I you know basically changed my business name from a better place massage and medium uh, and massage therapy to a better place massage and mediumship because what started happening was while I was doing massage work spirit loved ones were now coming in because I'm this open channel of opportunity and they are mystic. Um, so how I keep myself grounded, how I pray, how I have a Native American faith, I can show you that later, um, and, uh, and I go outside and I sit in a sacred hoop that I created in my backyard, because one day when I bought this house two years ago, I was standing on the back deck and I was playing my flute in prayer, saying gratitude to the powers that be for getting my first home and and this beautiful two acre land that has a workout back surrounded by state forests and um it's all sorts of animals that go through my backyard and i was just so grateful and all of a sudden i literally physically saw an orb the same color as your backdrop brilliant purple huge right over this area of my property and it's near my natural well well water and i looked at that and i said what do you want me to do with that and i heard sacred hoop prayer. So I literally created in that exact location, a giant sacred hoop that I put solar lights at the points northwest, south and east, and, um, and then one at the center. And I sat, I sit there and play my flute in the direction of the north to honor spirit. And, um, and I will often, you know, turn around, but I always start and, and facing, you know, spirit world. And, and there are different, um, beliefs where you can start in different directions, but I always personally found it suitable to face the North because I want to honor God's spirit and um, in, in my prayer. And uh, and it's amazing the experiences I've had doing that. Um, I've also heard native rattles and drums being done back to me. 
which is self honoring, um, in, in reciprocal, you know, um, and I've found when I've tried to record my flute playing while I'm sitting in the sacred circle outside, it won't record, but I can do it when I'm not out there because it's a sacred place. So in my yard, I have this sacred hoop and, um, and I let the grass grow a little bit taller there. I mow around it. I don't mow in it. I will trim it back a little bit, um, but I let it be its natural, pretty much its natural essence there. Um, it's amazing. Like I find critters. One day I look out my window and the hoop only, I have two acres, over two acres. The hoop only, a whole slew of turkeys came down my yard and all congregated inside the hoop. And so, you, there. so you've mentioned a lot of different signs and things like that. Yeah. How, if the listeners are listening and they're like, well, I think I see signs, but I'm not quite sure. How do you suggest them? Cause a lot of them are really into like intuition and all that. How do you suggest the listeners kind of tap into what might be a sign and what might be just what's there already? In the moment, in the moment you ask. That's what I would say. You ask because they're intelligent and it's like having a conversation like you with me. And I, I literally, here's a situation where I literally asked, I was being double billed by the Natick town tax office and I brought it to their attention and they said, too bad. So sad. Deal with it. Like, and you can't correct it or do anything. And I know better. So I paid both bills and I said, but this is so wrong. They didn't care. And I, well, (laughs) Whatever, that's on them. But I, I took it higher. Instead of arguing and debating with them, I walked out of that tax office and I said, okay, God, I know this is wrong. I know you've got my back. Can you just give me a sign? Just give me a sign. I just need to know you got me, okay? I walked out to my car. I get in my car. I took a sip of water, put my thing down, went to go reach for my seatbelt to put it on. And I look out and there's a white F1 Ford 150 parked next to my car in red lettering was a logo of a house and it said the divine sign company I spit my water out laughing I looked up and I went you're funny and I it was so in my face like the I asked God for a sign the divine sign company (laughs) I mean how do you deny that you know what I mean so sometimes it can be that obvious and it made me laugh out loud but I went next level I get to my class I was leaving there to go teach spiritual development which is mediumship and psychic abilities which I teach in my office and I had students show up and I was explaining to them what had happened right and uh and one of my students they're all blown away by that and they're laughing one of my students said to me do you have your receipts from that paid bill I said well yeah why? She goes, well, can I have them? I said, well, don't I need them? She goes, no, no, you paid by check, right? So you've got your receipt via the check, right? Can I have your receipt? I said, okay, but why? Here you go. And I handed it to her. She goes, I'm a lawyer. I never know what my students do. She goes, I know those guys. I'll take care of this for you. I smacked my hands down on the table. I said, well, there you go. If I didn't know the person was a sign, here's my other sign. God's got me. And I said, and, and please remember that to all the students, like you just ask and it will happen. Like they'll take care of you. And um, so 
when I was standing out on my deck and I saw that purple orb, I, I asked, the orb never moved, but I felt and I heard. So for someone, I was sitting at my kitchen table. I'm thinking about somebody who may not be tuned in to hear in the same way. I'm sitting at my kitchen table with my mother. I earlier that, yeah, earlier that day, I had been out on the deck. We had had tea and a hummingbird came right up to her face, right? So I later got a reading for myself from a medium on the phone that I'd never met. And she said, your stepfather appears to you in a hummingbird. I see you on a porch sipping tea with your mother. He wants you to know that he, that was a messenger sent by him. And I'm like, oh, right? That wasn't enough. I tell my mother, right? Later that night, I'm sitting with someone and my mother at the dinner table. We have French doors that are glass, you know? And we're discussing my stepfather, who's in spirit. He died a couple of years ago from Legionnaire's disease. And um, so we're, we're, so we're talking about him in the wonderful memories. And that often brings your loved ones in. All of a sudden, you know, hummingbirds are small. A big hummingbird like in your face, came right to the glass. And I go, oh my God, look, there's a hummingbird. They both looked and I, and it, before they could see it, it was gone. I go, okay, John, if that was really you, please show them again. Flew right to the other window of the other side of the door. And they both saw it. And they were like, oh my God, you know? And I said, see? So all you have to do to answer that question is ask. Um, just ask and pay attention because it, initially, you might not be so sure, but they will make sure that you're sure. They will give it to you either in a song, in a sign, literally a sign, or they'll send an animal messenger or make you see something that invokes that memory or that thought to bring that through to you. They use nature. They use you. They use everything. And so they'll, that's what they'll do. They answer your question. Just pay attention because yeah. that's how they'll bring it. I always like there's when looking back, you can see them all. Right. And I oh, remember, yeah. I remember there was a time where I was like, I need to do something drastic and different. And somebody had said to me, oh, you should go to South Korea and teach English. And I was like, no, no, that's too drastic. I can't do that. And when I returned, I was driving back from grad school in California to Rhode Island. And I was like, well, right. Well, as I'm writing my thesis, I'm just going to sit here and I'll, I'll teach for now and figure out what I'll do next. So I typed in educator, early childhood educator, because that's where I was, uh, my bachelor's was in. I said, I typed in early childhood educator in Rhode Island, because that's where I was living at the time. And the first job that popped up was teach English in South Korea. And I was like, okay, it can't get more obvious than that. And so- <laughs> Those are the things okay. where some, sometimes I feel like people will talk to me about signs that they see, and it's hard sometimes for them to differentiate. Is that a sign or is that a commercial that keeps replaying over and over again? So they're like, and so we, we kind of try to dissect that through a little bit. Like, well, what, I wanted to say, because as you like, I'm really thinking about this in my head and how this has played out through the years for me. There's one symbol that I really connect to and you've got it right behind you and it's the turtle, you know, because it is really resonates so steady. You'll get there. You know when to stick your head out, when not to, you're protected. Yes, we have a sensitive side, right? The ventral side of the turtle that's vulnerable 
but we know when, you know, we can pull in and really protect ourselves if we need to. So turtles are, they navigate the waters, which is emotion. They navigate the land, you know, so there's so much symbolism in the turtle, including the 13 squares on the back of the shell, you know, and so the number 13 is not unlucky to me. It's a symbol of fertility and growth. And so the turtle, years ago, I was dating this guy and he was not a good guy. We'll just say in a nutshell. And I needed to get out of there fast because it was not a good situation. I managed to get myself out. It was, and I had to drive back to get some certain things. And I brought a friend with me. He knew I was coming and I asked him to put everything outside for me on the lawn. And on my way there, I saw a turtle squished in the road and my heart broke. But immediately I said, we need to be fast. We need to be fast about this because that turtle moving slowly didn't make it across the road, right? I need to go fast. And I said a prayer for the turtle because that's who I am. And, you know, that it knows that it was loved and appreciated the message and what it served. And it served even in its passing. And so I went to the house, a Grateful Dead song was playing on my stereo, right? I get out of the car, throw everything in the car. And before that song was even over, now that might not say much because some of their songs are really long, but anyway, <laughs> I was back in my car and, um, but this guy was a threat. And so I saw him come out and he saw that I had a friend and he stopped and hid behind the car. So I knew if I didn't have a friend and I didn't move quick, I might've been in a different situation than I was. So I was smart and listening to getting out of there. And thanks to that turtle, I remained safe and I got everything out and God never heard or saw him again. Right. So fast forward, I was seeing this other guy and he's such a good guy. This man is such a good man. We were, we were up at, um, at an event in New Hampshire, riding motorcycles. Right. And big tortoise on the side of the road. I, I don't know if it's like, it's a big, big, big turtle. Like two arms could barely get around it. Right. It was about to cross the highway and cars were zipping down that road. Right. What does this man do? He pulls over and ve veers the turtle into safety. And I went, Oh, we're going to get along just fine. Months and months and months later, we're on two separate motorcycles and I now have my own little Indian. He has his Harley. We're, we're cruising down the road. And there is another turtle crossing the road. He pulls over. This time, not in any danger. This time, we pulled over just to watch the turtle cross the road slowly, but safely. And to me, all of that was like, ding, 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 ding. Take your time. This is beautiful. The, the friendship that had developed, you know, it, it was developing and uh, could potentially be more. And, and it was just an awesome thing to really witness his, the turtle experience to the danger zone to then being, you know, oh, I'm going to help this one into safety, which at the time in my life was such a nice um, thing in recovery of, of other relationships to witness a man who would take his time to, you know, be cautious and assist the turtle. And I felt like me being the turtle. Well, I was <laughs> and then gonna... later crossing the road slowly to just stand and be okay to witness and watch to take its time right, and not hurry it. And 
just sat there in beauty and awe on this country road. And it was so beautiful. And I went, wow. Well, and also the symbolism around the other turtle was dead, just like that relationship. And exactly. this is, and that other one was live and was able to be turned to be safe. And then slowly could just be in that moment, in that present moment to just be and watch. So yeah. I don't want to keep you for too long because I appreciate your time, but what are some tips that you can share for the listeners if they're wanting to kind of get more in tune to their own intuition or their connection with spirit or connection to just being out in nature? Well, first of all, get outside, <laughs> get outside and pay attention. Um, you know, because it's amazing. So literally talk to the trees. When you walk in your house, say hello. When you leave, say thank you. I'll see you soon to your home. Because there's a spirit that is in every home. So when you walk in, say hello. Thank you. Thank you for keeping us safe. Thank you for being here. And gratitude to your home. Because there is an entity or not entity in a malevolent sense, but spirit energies around every home. So say thank you to them and say, I'll see you soon. Like you do to your puppy, <laughs> you know, and, and love your animals. Of course, when you get outside, I actually created during COVID a fairy path um, that meanders through the woods out into the, the, to the brook out back and it was all overgrowth and discarded metal and glass from farms from hundreds of years ago. And I cleaned it up, created this path. And I put little chatskis out there to honor fairies because fairies relate to nature. And if you ask any native culture, they would tell you they believe in them too. And, um, and so the, the spirits of the nature of the land, right? And so I pay homage. So I'll go out there. I'll say thank you to the fairies. And I wondered if they were okay with this. You know, because I did literally forge a path through nature, right? Through this meandering path, lined it in rocks that I found. And um, and inside of the one year, the whole path only grew this lush, thick green moss that was so sweet. And I thought to myself, that felt like a thank you. Pay attention, you know? Um, when you're standing outside and you start to pray, notice, or like for me, when I play my flute, birds come and listen they come the animals will come in to show you that they're paying attention and gratitude uh, for your presence for your being in gratitude and offering um in native culture which i resonate obviously through a lot and and this can translate to other cultures and, and traditions of rituals but i offer tobacco um, I will go and put out tobacco or I'll put a crystal outside. Um, or if I find a feather, I'll put that out there and say, thank you. I'll do it in my sacred hoop or in my fairy path. Um, because it's saying thank you and gratitude to them. Cleaning up, like picking up trash that blows. You wouldn't believe what people throw out their cars on my back country road here. Um, I'll pick up the cigarette butts and the cans and the papers and whatever that you know keep it keep the land free of debris um again is is honoring it um you know every time i go to uh go and have a meal i'll thank that animal or that vegetable for its sacrifice um and and i'll ask for spirit to fill it with love so it assimilates you know in that way um these are all different things. So in paying attention outside, also get your feet as close to the earth as you can. <laughs> if, if you can't 
get your butt as close to the earth. Lay down when you can on the earth and just feel it. And a lot of people are like, hey, bugs, you know, whatever. Bugs are nature too. I was just realizing the other day, I used to be terrified of spiders. And when I moved to this house, there was a spider out on my porch. And I looked up and I said, hi, Charlotte. And I did everything I could to protect that spider and talk to that spider. And so I made an agreement with spiders. I said, just don't hang in my face or crawl on my body and we're good. You know, like I'm not going to ruin it for you. But if you're in my house, I'm going to keep my house clean. If you, you if you want to hide, make a web under my couch, that's fine. <laughs> you don't have to be under there. But, you know, so just talk to them like you would anybody else. Nature, nature, spirits, trees. I'm, I'm a tree hugger. So, you know, I will literally put my hand on a tree and just say, thank you. Thank you for all that you do. Trees are rooted in reminding us that, you know, to connect to our roots. They're also reaching to the high spiritual heights. They're giving food and oxygen and shelter. I relate them a lot to the feminine, honestly, yeah. uh, because my mother did all of those things for me. So whenever I do spirit communication, if a tree pops into my mind, I know it's related on the maternal line, but um, they'll use everything to get to you to know that they're hearing you that they're blessing you and i do everything that i can in that way too so to answer your question about connecting and how to you were originally asking about how to connect how to do this how to stay um, involved with nature and spirit um just literally talk to them communicate whether it's internal or external. External is always going to harbor more energy, but they hear what your inner thoughts are too, and that's okay. They know your lights and your energy. So put your hands on the earth, project an image of a purple light onto something if you want it to have healing, um, you know, or gratitude. It just, you know, say the word, I'm so grateful, you know, to whether it's your home, your, your trees, your, your food, it doesn't matter. They, and to God, to spirit, to your loved ones, uh, whatever your belief may be without imposing. Um, it's as simple as that. It's literally right. communication and connecting, putting your hands there whenever you can, if you can't visualize it um, in your mind. Did I answer? You sure did. Sure did. Right. And I love it. Like, I love that you started with just get out there because it's the truth that you just being in the presence of nature is giving with them. Intention. Yeah. You're there with intention. You're there with love where versus if you go out there and you're just like, I'm rushing and I'm going to run to the car, but there's moments between there and the car where you can be in nature or like really being intentional about when you get outside to be in the space and not have to rush to where you need to go, whether it be out on a summit or. You just mentioned something I got to tell you. Um, I used to be late all the time to show up to my church where it was very involved. And I, I couldn't stand that. I was always late and I'd be getting in my car and I'd be like the, the woman on the wizard of Oz, you know, in my mind, just trying to get there as fast as I could. And I'd always be late and I'd be driving by people and not very spiritual and just be like, Oh, you son of a you know, the energy of angst, right? And uh, someone said to me, and why not just ask? Why not just ask God to help you arrive on time? You are in the flow. You were left on time. And every single time I had, but there was obstacles along the way. Every single time you leave on time, you got to recognize you've done your best. 
you're in the flow. Relax your energy. Put it in God's hands. Just relax. Let nature do its course, right? And I went, huh, I'll experiment with that. So the next week, I went to go leave that Sunday morning. I knew I was on time. I said, all right, God, I'm on your time. I know I've done the best I can. I've left on time. Now I'm just going to pay attention. I went to go exit uh, a ramp to get onto the Mass Turnpike, and there was a black cat sitting there. And I looked, and I was like, wow, would I have noticed that black cat before? Just sitting there. It watched me as I drove onto the Mass Pike, and it was like on a grassy knoll, so it was in a safe area. And I get onto the pike and I'm driving. I'm like, just relax your energy. You're in the flow. Everything's okay. All is well. You're in God's hands, right? This mantra in my head. And I looked up and I literally saw a heart-shaped cloud in the general direction where I was headed needed to be. And I went, you're sending me love. Thank you. And do you know I arrived early? So I kept experimenting with this. So one week I forgot I was late. I was in my angst. I was late. The next week I remembered I arrived on time. Try it. It works. The intention of relaxing your energy and just being in the flow, give it to God. You've done your best, you know, and pay attention because these are things as you're whipping down the road, you might not have noticed before. And what a blessing to see that cat and to see that cloud, you know, right. Right. It's so good. It's interesting you say that because I'm always early and I've always stated that I'm always early. And so I'm always early. Right. It's like I've always been in that space of I'm always early. Like that's just what it's always been for me. And so it's interesting because I'm trying to think of the times when I might have been more anxious because I was running a little bit later. But I always allowed so much extra time at the beginning that I was still always. But it's interesting because even in those spaces of when you feel anxious because you may be left later than you thought you can be in that space of I'm leaving it in your hands and what's going to happen is what's going to happen on the best I can because you did the, the, you bet did the best you could. Right. Yes. So where can listeners find you if they're, because I'm sure they're going to be interested in looking I'm located. I'm located in Natick, Massachusetts on main uh, North main street, two, two, two. North Main Suite 2. <laughs> and um, they can reach me at my phone number 508 333 1933. Um, and my website is www.abetterplacemassage.com. Awesome. And we'll put that link in the show notes. Do you do online? things as well because I think most of the people will be I do out have of a, yep I have a Facebook page a better place massage and mediumship I do and I have a, also a, a Facebook page it's still public but it's just my name Angela Clifford O'Loughlin and they can they schedule appointments with you online as well Absolutely. Well, no, they can contact me. The best way to schedule an appointment is to text me from my phone. Some people have reached me through Facebook. uh, I still advise to text me or call me at my cell phone. Okay, excellent. And we'll put all that information in the show notes. Well, thank you so much for being here, Angela. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great hearing your stories. 
Thank you, Angela, for being on the Save by Mother Earth podcast. It was so great getting to know you and hearing about all that you do in your work. For the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please go in and leave a rating and review, which helps keep this podcast going. For anybody that's out there that's interested, I wanted to let you know that on Tuesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, I offer a women's circle through my Facebook group on Zoom. So feel free to come over to the Facebook group. The info will be in the show notes to follow along with that. And also on Friday mornings, I do a nature oracle where I pull an oracle card for the collective and share that on Instagram. Also, if you're interested, I have a few spots open for some coaching opportunities. This is I do offer free complimentary connection calls where we can get to know each other and I can share some insights with you and talk to you about what might be your goals that you're reaching for. If you're interested in any of those, feel free to look in the show notes to find me. You can also find me at heatherwebsterwellness.com and you can see all the links there as well. Until next time, I sign off with love. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care.